I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Twitter's former security chief blows the whistle, alleging Twitter misled the public on problems with its security and with bot accounts. Cosmetics company Sephora will pay $1.2 million in the first major settlement with the state of California's Consumer Privacy Act for selling users data without permission. A federal judge sided with a Cleveland State University student stating that scanning his room before an online test violated his Fourth Amendment rights. And yes, the computer-generated virtual avatar F and Mika, created by two non-black executives, which leans into racist stereotypes and tropes, is a form of digital blackface. We've got all this and more for you in episode 50 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. What is it with the NFL and sexual assault charges? <laughs> what is going on? Did you see the news about the Bills releasing that rookie punter amid yeah. sexual assault allegations? Before he was even in the league, he was yeah. in these streets, to put it nicely. They not going to even deal. With, we, we, they said we're not even waiting to find out what happened. Just the fact that you got accused. <laughs> You got to roll up out of here. Shout out I don't to know, patriarchy, man. man. It's and it, it ain't even just the NFL. I mean, you got seventy-eight-year-old Gary Busey uh, coming up on charges right about now. It's just, it's just. I, I don't know. I don't know, y'all. Well, y'all I, need I to think, get y'all boys, y'all peoples. Well, what, handle, what, handle um, your gender. <laughs> what What makes it surprising to me about the NFL is because y'all know how these things, not necessarily know how these things go, but there's a history and there are other stories and there are other cases about NFL players getting wrapped up in some sort of sexual allegations. They, some of them may make it out on the other side. Uh, some of them don't, especially if they look like us, you know, they don't really, they don't get the same type of, but yet and still, it seems like every two years, we got some NFL player that then done something that somebody's calling them on and them trying to um, dance around the allegations and then the NFL not being black and white when it comes to sexual allegations. I know that's impo- I know that's impossible because all the cases are different, but the NFL deciding to do this for this person and then do this for this person. Give this person all the well, leeway. And that's probably immediately the release this person. Yeah. That's probably because it's so it's applied so unevenly. I mean, because mm-hmm. for every you know brother that gets caught up, three of them don't. 
You know what right. I mean? And we and you can't even say, oh, they letting the white boys go. They letting them brother like they, mm-hmm. didn't Ray Ray stay in the NFL for a minute after the, the video came. And you know what I mean? Like, like it's so I think they all just feel like their privilege is going to get them off, honestly. And the NFL, like I said, the organization itself is not doing them any favors by at the very least saying, if you do this, if you get accused of this, this is going to happen versus if you do this and then the third Here's these all these other things. They're just like, well, we'll fill them when they come and we'll figure out if this person is important or not. Cause obviously the bills let the punter go, but you know, we got this whole Deshaun Watson thing that's just looming and just dragging because this dude is a superstar and he makes a bunch of money. So it's almost like, well, how important is the NFL player? Is he this important? If he's this important, eh, we'll figure them thing. If he's this important, get that cat out of here. <laughs> yeah, here's what this was. We can go find a punter and Pickley Wiggly. We we can go down to the Walmart and find a punter. That, that's just how the NFL thinks as compared to, let's see, the dude that we just gave the most money to in the history of our sport. Do, do we handle those two things differently? Clearly they don't. So, but anyway, uh, Steph, I see you have on the NASA shirt today. It, so you were, know, were, were shout you, out to Artemis, hurt? man. I, w- I was hurt. I was hurt. I, I, I had, you know, high hopes that, that it was going to get up there and, and do what it needed to do, but. We gonna get him though. We gonna get him next time. I mean, Leland was all on the press. He all his social media was him on CNN and everywhere else talking about it and everything. And I was like, dang. Hopefully, we can get it Friday, if not um, yep. Memorial Day. If you don't get Labor it, if you don't day. get it by Memorial Day, they're gonna have to uh, Labor Day. Labor Day. I'm sorry, yeah, Labor Day next next Monday. If they don't get it by then, they gotta wait a minute because they'll miss the uh, miss the launch window. Yeah. But it, the, the ability to sit and watch smoke come out of a big giant, you know, cylinder for two and a half hours <laughs> at the edge of your seat. Oh, they might go. They might go. They might go. It's like Listen, 40 minutes. They might go. It's exciting. Even if you, when you don't know what's happening. I mean, like I've seen an actual launch from Cape Canaveral. Um, it's one of the most amazing things you could ever be present for. And it just like you, the excitement of it just gets to you it really die at least it still gets to me even mm-hmm. you know this far on in my years and 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 this far from you know nasa's heyday if you will um the the excitement of a launch still gets to me and and so i was i didn't i wasn't watching this morning um when they were on the on the pad but um when i found out it got scrapped i was i was definitely disappointed yes like i said hopefully they'll get to it friday or mm-hmm. monday or we'll be waiting for for a few months, I guess. But it's coming uh, around. Yeah, it's I was like, oh, they're they, they gonna do it. And you, you know what else is crazy? It's been fifty years since we've been to the moon. I had to look. I, I, I knew that, but I had to look, and then I had to count on my fingers. I was like, wait a minute. Well, like, why? Why is that? I'm I'm curious, not sarcastically or um, what's the other word? I think I feel like it's just the 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 level of of fuel and and energy and like to, to get there it it takes a lot like the tons of fuel i think is is so orders of magnitude more than just you know what musk's um you know orbiters are doing just 
taking, you know, satellites up and stuff like that and taking people up to float in the sky and bringing them back down. It, it should, the moon is just so much further away than we really understand. Um, it, as opposed to the low earth orbit that, that SpaceX flies in and everybody thinks it's so easy to just go up and Elon Musk, his rockets go up and come back down all the time. But low earth, earth low earth orbit and the moon are just orders of magnitude different. Mm-hmm. And, and distance. So and then, the, the level of fuel and stuff it takes to get there is just crazy. And then just the, the expense. Yeah. It's ridiculously expensive. So <laughs> the back, <money. laughs> you know, back in the sixties and early seventies, when we were in a, in a, and I'm doing the quotes, the, the space race with uh, Russia, you know, that was military budget going towards NASA uh, funding all that. We have to be there first. We need to go there the most, all, all that kind of, you know, all that kind of stuff. Once that ended, and like I said, 72 was the last time we went. Once that ended, it's like, okay, wh- where's the money? Wh- where are the billions and billions of dollars that they were spending, uh, you know, back then to send, you know, people to the moon? Where was that money coming from? We've already been mm-hmm. there. We've already collected rocks. Uh, do, do we need to continue to go back? So, but they talk about it like it's, like it's the, the, it's the future. Well, it's like, all right, well, if it's the future, you will, what, what y'all waiting on? What y'all waiting on? We should have been had apartments in the, if, on the moon. The way y'all and talk Mars about it. and everywhere else, right? <laughs> the way y'all talk about space exploration. It's like, all right, put your money it where is. your mouth it's is. Just, it's, it's just it, not trivial though. It's like you, we, I wish it was that easy, honestly, because I would be on a shuttle, uh, in a, in a heartbeat, but it's, it's a lot that goes into it. So, like I so said, hopefully we'll have something to talk about uh, by the next time we do a show. Um, but we do have a show to do. So, so let's get into uh, some technology. Oh, and just FYI, Saray, this is this is not velvet. It's it's just a burnout uh, effect that they do on on some cotton. So it's it's not velvet. That's beautiful. Well, that that actually reminds me to to do a commercial for ourselves because. Uh, who was Saray is one of our OGs that is hanging out in our chat right now as we record this podcast live. So for anyone who's interested in actually watching and listening us, uh, you know, to us record the live show and also do the after party, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John. That is the tech J A W N and sign up to any tier over there. And one of the benefits you get is access to our live stream, um, and our after party. And like Saray is here like a job. She and Charles and you know a few other folks who who probably be popping in they show up like they getting paid to be here um, and so, we appreciate uh, them. we definitely appreciate it keeps uh you know keeps us on our toes so uh, that being said uh, you know I wanted to start off guys with uh, this uh, Twitter story um, you know we 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 have. Probably, let's just say since April, we've been doing a lot of talking about Twitter because of the Elon Musk angle. But this isn't so much about Musk. This is just about what's happening at Twitter um, because their former Twitter uh, security chief and renowned hacker Peter Zatko, a.k.a. Mudge, has warned of cyber disasters uh, you know, for decades. But he emerged last week as a whistleblower after filing a complaint with federal regulators arguing that Twitter had, among other things, failed to protect the privacy of its users and misled the public about problems with spam and what are known as bot accounts. Now, the problem with this is that this is exactly what uh, Elon Musk was saying was the issue and why he actually backed out. Somehow I see Musk sitting with like a white hairy cat and he's just oh, yeah. stroking it and say, Total gotcha, evil genius. Um, as to as to why he's backing out on this. But um, 
you know, just to get further into this, you know, th- this dude is actually a whistleblower now and is saying, hey, there's a lot of problems that uh, Twitter has. And he's and been it's not only problems. Yeah. And the reason why he's a whistleblower is because, according to this Verge article, Twitter covered up negligent mm-hmm. security practices mm-hmm. and lied to regulators about data management. So it's one thing to just say, oh, they got some problems over there. It's a whole nother thing to say they got some problems and they purposely tried to hide them joints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they have going in front of Congress problems now because he's doing this under the, you know, the whistleblower regulations or whatever. Um, Twitter. Now you should say that they are denying the allegations. In fact, the CEO uh, said that his comments are riddled with inconsistencies and inaccuracies and seem designed to capture attention and influence harm on Twitter, its customers and its shareholders. Well, um, what would they say? <laughs> yeah, what else are they going to say? They, they exactly. did say that they fired him back in January for uh, poor performance, poor, poor performance. And that's probably what they wrote when they, you know, on his on his exit, you know, tender or whatever, whatever they did when they got him up out of there. But the Internet has come back and said, nah, it's like you, that might be what you're saying, but this is, you know, we know Mudge. This is not him. This is, this dude has been doing this for a long time. And the way you're characterizing, you know, you know, his, you know, his lack of performance just doesn't sound like him. What it sounds like he's been telling you, you need to fix this stuff very vocally and not getting done. And y'all was getting frustrated with him and he was getting frustrated with you. That's what it sounds like, you know, so, you know, so what's more believable? Um, It's like I'm of two minds about this. I mean, I feel like, you know, the idea that he actually did file an official complaint with the SEC and the and some other federal um, organizations and and, and things like that um, is is a big deal and and does sort of indicate the seriousness of 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 his allegations and, and how he feels about his allegations. However, I also don't believe in coincidences and the idea that this is coming out you know, months, uh, literally two, not even two months, a month before the, the trial in October, um, with the whole merger thing just seems a little too convenient at the same time. So, um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to, to see how this all plays out. And folks are backing up some of his claims. Um, one of these guys, Al Sutton is a former software engineer. He ain't been with Twitter in 18 months and he put a tweet up, say, I can still, get into mm-hmm. their GitHub and submit code. I'm like, it's one thing to be two weeks removed. It's a whole nother thing to be a month re- removed, 18 months removed, and you can still um uh upload code. It's like, come on, y'all, that, something's something. And I I definitely, I have good friends that are still working for these, these types of companies. I mean, not necessarily Twitter in particular, but that have and, you know, other social media co- that, talk about all the time how how much access they have to user data and and how fictional privacy truly truly is so i know that what he's saying is 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 most likely true um i'm i just still feel like the timing of it like i said i just i don't believe in coincidences and so I just you, so like you the think he, of it is so convenient you think uh, your boy Elon slid him some dough and Got said, to hey, him. man, I, hey, you man, know, hook, I, throw me a solid. I, you owe me. <laughs> right. And just go ahead and file them, file them complaints. I'll make sure that you, you're, you know, you don't have to suffer any ill consequences. Like, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Like I said, I, he does. It doesn't at least all of the articles written don't describe him as somebody who would do something like that. But anybody is capable of anything at any time. So. So, so here's the thing that I have to wonder about. He didn't just come out and say this 
he came out as a you know as a whistleblower he is going in front of congress to right. talk about this stuff now so you know is like i'm thinking of like frances haugen when she did that for you know at facebook she just didn't go and get in front of a microphone she got in front of a microphone and had stacks and stacks and stacks of documentation here's where they did this here's where they did this and could actually point to it uh but my I would have to imagine if I, if I am Twitter on Twitter's board right now, I am worried that this dude has some receipts on something. But are you though? Because Francis Haugen did all that talking. Where and where are we, where we at? That? Right. What are we it's talking about? We talking about on that right the now? radar. We, <laughs> we talk talking about, about it. No we heard, and, and we need to wonder why we ain't heard from her. Like, where is she? Like, is, is <laughs> has anybody <laughs> checked on Francis Haugen lately? Is she okay? Like, where is she? Because she's well, literally disappeared at this point. So, I mean, I get your point, Rob, which is why I tend to believe him because he is putting himself out there in a way that leaves him very vulnerable and and making this formal complaint. Uh, but again, the timing, the timing. <laughs> The timing, um, and you're right. What has happened to Facebook? <laughs> I, I, I'm not thinking of anything really happening to not Twitter. They, you know, thing. these companies don't face consequences that mean anything, uh, you know, o- over this type of stuff. I'm just wondering, is this going to be enough for Elon to say, see, I told you what they was doing. I feel like it and probably will. He if it was me, I would. Yeah. I feel like he definitely will be. Because in the, this news, just I just saw this article today that he is now um, subpoenaed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mudge. Mudge he's, yep. he's even, and he even, he has subpoenaed, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jack Dorsey. Losses. Jack Dorsey, mm-hmm. founder of Twitter, who mm-hmm. also happens to be Elon's boy. I mean, they're yeah, boys. He, they're he, friends. And the dude um, who hired uh, the whistleblower, Jack Dorsey, hired the dude right. to come on and say, hey, I need so, your help. So to- it's, and that's my, to my, my point is like when you start looking at the connections, you start, you know, peeling back the layers, following the money, all the rest of the Like, I just don't like regardless of what his true motivations were. I just don't think it's coincidence that mm-hmm. it's happening now. So I'm just I'm wondering, are we are we going to soon here? Because now the, uh, you know, you know, Congress, they actually want Twitter to come and answer to these allegations that are potentially going to be made. So they're, they're already down that <laughs> rabbit hole. Our faces. They're already <laughs> down that rabbit hole. But are they just going to say to Elon Musk, go on, go about your business? We, we you know, we, we just quit. We, 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 we done. Are they just going to you know, they are be going some to, agreement? I believe since it's um, officially. Um, what it midterms and all these congressmen are starting to go out on the campaign trail. They're going to line up to take pot shots at mm-hmm. Twitter mm-hmm. to make some kudos to get some points for their reelection or election campaigns for the midterms. And then when that's all said and done in November, mm-hmm. nobody will care. Nobody. And, and let, I think uh, with gonna... the exception of uh, Elon Musk, but this ain't gonna be, this is not gonna be the nail. It's going to be something no. and it's going to be a year or two down the road. And then maybe they'll come to some finality when it comes to Elon and Twitter. Well, I think it's going to be some percentage of the the, the penalty, whatever that there's a penalty. There's a, a penalty of dollar right. value that yeah, for breaking dollars. this contract. Yeah, I think it'll be some some percentage of that, that that the board decides they're OK with. Um, he ain't going to have to pay that whole billion, um, but he will have to pay something. And that probably will get shuffled back and forth, you know, on paper any. Anyway, so it's not really coming out of anybody's pocket uh, for real, for real. And that's going to be that. Yeah. So 
it's interesting stuff. I, I know we say we don't want to talk about it. And this one wasn't even so much an Elon Why? story, but we had to bring it up. It's like a whistleblower at Twitter. Hmm. Yeah. No. What, what does he have to say right now? The, that's going to help Elon, in. <laughs> you know, his bosses, you know, like you said, he, you know, Jack and, uh, and Elon are boys. Uh, Jack hired in. this dude. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, moving on to uh, stories, this one I thought was interesting. This is, you know, just a little quick one that we'll, we'll get to. But, uh, you know, California has its first significant settlement under the California Consumer Privacy Act. Um, that's the state sweeping online privacy law, which has been taking effect in stages since 2020. The state reached a settlement with Sephora in which the cosmetics retailer will pay $1.2 million and agree to an injunction for selling customers' data without telling them and failing to process requests to opt out of sales via user-enabled global privacy controls. So, yeah, you know, they... They basically are saying, well, you didn't tell people you were going to sell their data. Selling it's cool, but not telling them that you're selling it is not cool. Let's slap you on the wrist. $1.2 million fine. And they didn't give them an option. On the wrist. Right. And they didn't give them an option to opt out. Right. Or they did. They just didn't care. They gave them the option, but they did not opt them out. Their failure oh, to wow. process. It said their failure oh. to process people's requests to opt out. opt out. So I was saying the same way I always hit unsubscribe on some shit on my email, but I still get these emails a year later in my inbox. They don't never really unsubscribe. Like it's crazy. Like, There's a fix for that. So the reason why I love iOS so much because Apple has this new hide my email feature uh, yeah, yeah. to where I don't anytime, anytime I sign up to anything to get like the little free 10% off your first order, anything I want to sign up with that I know I don't want the emails, I use yeah. that. And then instead of having to unsubscribe, I just deactivate the email altogether. So they can't even send it to an email that don't exist no more. So that's my little hookup for the week. I got yeah, I got to start taking advantage of it because I see it all the time and I just be like, eh, and just, and I haven't even signed up for anything new. I just feel like between the stuff that I actually do use mm-hmm. and look at emails for, they're selling my information. Yeah, of course they are. Um, and, and, and then it's random. I get emails from random retailers that I'm like, I didn't even sign up for this thing and then you never get to unsubscribe you never you are never ever unsubscribed from none of that stuff but this sounds like the same thing sephora was like oh you want to opt out <laughs> sorry no, <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly no gotcha. <laughs> what this you is did. interesting though um because california is literally leading you know the charge with with all of this kind of stuff but i don't see a whole lot of other states following suit um, so it'll be just interesting to see, you know, if any other states even get in on this, because right now it, it doesn't seem like all those social media laws for parents and, and, you know, everything else they're doing out there, like no other state seems like they care. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I, mean, I need to find out what Pennsylvania is doing. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see if companies start to treat California like another country. It's like you, you've you got one policy for the other 49 states and you've right. got another policy for California and you just deal with California on California's terms. And, you know, I mean, that's what, you know, Google has to deal with India on India's terms in India. They have to deal with China on China's terms in China. So you're saying you have to deal with California on California's terms in California. And as I said, this is just a slap on the wrist. It is a $1.2 million uh, fine. 
Um, that's a lot of money to us, but that is that is not but a lot of money. Pennies. Sephora. I mean, it's a, pennies. That, that is a giant company. So you can't go in there without spending sixty, seventy, eighty dollars. And I, I know I'm a woman. I'm a dude, <laughs> and I go in there. The skincare. 60, I get all my skincare from there. Yeah, yeah, come on. Like you can't do it. So uh, Saray said. Is California the EU of the yes, USA? Absolutely, <laughs> and yes, absolutely. they are. Yep, yep. But that's hopefully, a great other states will say, "Oh, that's kind of working for California. Let's go pick that and do this other place." I think. Well, we'll like, see you know, how California much money. Emissions. It's the money part of it, like right. So it, it's one point two million now, which a lot of states are like, "Oh, it's not worth setting up that department to oversee all that stuff for that little bit of money." But once those settlements start getting bigger, then I think mm-hmm. we'll see other states, you know, jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, I was actually talking to someone and said, "Wow, that's that's not a big fine at all." And it's like, this was just, we got you. This was the test. We're putting everybody else on notice because mm-hmm. this is really the first time that they have at this level, uh, you know, enforced, you know, uh, these regulations. So this, this is, we letting all y'all know, cut this stuff out. California and I would imagine the, the next fence. time they do it, mm-hmm. they're going to, you know, like it'll be a bit of a bigger hammer to say they're going to drop the hammer. And then that can go from 1.2 million to 1.2 billion. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but you'll see the next fine be 10 million and the fine after that be 15. And, like the you know. velociraptors on Jurassic Park. Testing <laughs> the fence. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, y'all, we have another one. This one bothered me. I did not realize this was happening. We all probably know. Well, Terrence, you have children. I I had a child that was going through remote learning and having to take tests and stuff like that online. But, you know, come to find out that, uh, you know, Cleveland State University here in Ohio was scanning students rooms during, uh, you know, remote tests. So a federal judge uh, this week sided with a student at Cleveland State University who alleged that a room scan was taken before his online test uh, as a proctoring measure. Um, and they said that that was unconstitutional. So basically what was happening is that before you would actually be able to start taking your test on your computer from your room, you literally had to hold your laptop up and show the room that you were in because they wanted to make sure that you weren't, you know, you didn't have anybody in there that was cheating or you didn't have anything that you you could go grab that was going to help you and aid you on the test. And a federal judge has said that's unconstitutional. That's violating, you know, fourth amendment rights. So I wanted to get you guys this take on that. I mean, my man saw opportunity and he jumped at it. <laughs> Number one, let's get that out the way. Um, I mean, and but I mean, until they, adjust or keep up catch up with the times on as it relates to remote learning as it relates to virtual learning there are going to be some people who are going to try to slip through the cracks until they change the laws and say all right well this uh is not a search and seizure because these particular things versus this is legit because x y and z um they got to catch up this is forcing suits suits like this are force forcing the government or the, the the rules and the laws to adjust to modern times when before it took I, I years. Now they got to do it quick because there's money behind yep. it. Yeah, I agree with that because I because I don't think that this case warranted this judgment. Um, You know, apparently the person suing, you know, voluntarily showed the room. They said that the, that you have a choice of, you know, where you sit in your home when you take the test. So if there was something you didn't want to show in a particular room, you could sit somewhere else. You also have a choice of where your camera can be placed um, during this test. So, so 
use so you have a lot of user control um mm-hmm. over the environment and over this quote unquote search um mm-hmm. and you can still opt out of it as well so like the idea that this is just um because the fourth amendment is against unlawful search and seizure right. Right. um so i i don't i don't believe this was unlawful um you know, again because it was with the consent of the person who got searched and i just think that the judge was very broad in his interpretation and, and they, all they heard was search and, and kind of ran with it. Um, because you need some way. And even this wouldn't have been an effective way to keep somebody from cheating. People, really. people have been cheating since the beginning of time and they're going to be creative with this the same way they were writing shit on the bottom of their shoe. But, um, but yeah, I think this was a huge overreach by, uh, the judge. I think they just, wanted to err on the side of better safe than sorry in this case. But to Terrence's point, I think uh, laws are going to need to catch up with stuff like this. Yeah. Cause dude saw opportunity. He's like, yeah, I'm about to, let me get paid. Yeah, I'm about to come up. Right. I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to pass this class, number one, because I knew I wasn't going to pass this test. So I need to do something to, uh, get the focus off this F I'm about to make on this test. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, that just wasn't unlawful search and seizure at now, all. Now you were able to opt out of them searching. But the thing was, if you uh, opted out, then the test wouldn't actually count for credit, which that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, well, I understand why it wouldn't count for credit, but it's like, okay, well, how do I get my grade? And it's like, do you just go or now pass fail or yeah. are you no longer going to get a letter grade? And also but, what this go ahead, Rob, I'll let you finish. I was going to say the other thing, too, is that um, they need a better way to uh you know to, they got to figure out a better way to keep people from cheating because if it were me it's like the camera can only see me and what's behind me i'm gonna put my desk well not, if, if i were going to cheat my desk is going in the middle of the room and all the things i am using to cheat with or on the other we'll side will be on the, the other side of the camera that's the camera. like literally you know, have, you know i would have a whole team of people with you know flash cards and teleprompters you know giving me it all does. the answers and i'm just i look like i'm looking at the camera i'm looking at them um, but so well, I'm being facetious, well, but it's just like, it's not terribly effective. No, that's what I was getting to my point. Um, this may make it harder for remote learning and digital learning. And because schools are going to be like, look, I don't want to be bothered with this. Y'all got to come into the school. To Y'all got to come in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and now, it, it, this is what it's going to be. Y'all don't mm-hmm. want to, you don't, you want to stay home, but you don't want to subject to the, to the, to the bare minimum, uh, that we're asking for this search. Cause they said the search took less than a minute. It wasn't like mm-hmm. they was all up in his business and opening drawers and carrying on. You know, you don't want to do this bare minimum thing, um, that, you know, is, is not really a violation of your privacy because you get to choose where you get to sit. And, and so now y'all got to come on in here and take this yep. test. You know, yep. that's it. I know when I first saw the story on, Can't have I saw it on ways. Twitter. I thought, so does my man have to get up and walk through the house like a crime scene reporter or something like that? Or like, you know, saw- pick his pick his camera up and like take it and be like, OK, there's that and yeah. there's that. And here's here's behind me. And here's here's what's in front. Like they didn't it didn't seem like he had to do all of that. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like he, he needed to show what was around him. You know, now, you know, if there's some other uh aspects to this search that they not talking about in this article i would be curious to hear it but it didn't sound that deep so i'm I'm now wondering will there be a way for you know for universities and for schools to write their their rules if you're taking this class remote you have to agree to this and I, i don't know that you can actually agree to give your rights up um 
But it, 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 I guess don't you can't. Do that every you can't day? agree. We do that all the time. You can't. <laughs> I'm agree like, don't we do that every day, like, all day? <laughs> you have the right to remain silent, and people will talk. <laughs> they have all this stuff used against them all day long. So, uh, so it'll just be interesting to see how they can get around this because. I, you know, like I said, when I, when I initially thought it, it was like, whoa, what are they having them do? And it's like, oh no, just sit back and let us, you know, scan the room to make sure that you don't have anybody that's helping you or assisting you with the test. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, that's cool. And you're right. Uh, if, if they, if, okay, if this is now against the law and we can't Forget do it, it. you've got to, you, we're right going to have test rooms. You got to come yeah. in, you, yeah. you got to come in and take a test in this room mm-hmm. that we control. And, and this is, and it's going to have to be staggered because we need to keep the, everybody six feet apart mm-hmm. and you got to wear a mask. And we're going to put all this other stuff back into place because y'all don't want to act right, you know, to take it at, at the house. So, like I said, you can't have it both ways. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, y'all, we're going to go ahead and get into this last story that we're going to talk about on this uh, on, on this week's episode. And I think we're going to spend some time here because <laughs> um, I have to admit, when I first heard about the digital avatar um, I was like, eh, I ain't really paying attention to that. I'm just, I'm just not paying attention to it. And then it was like, oh, that's 10 million followers and it just got a record deal. Like now and it's time to why. pay attention. <laughs> right. And I didn't, you know, n- normally I kind of foresee what's going to happen. I didn't necessarily see this one coming. So I'm kind of like, oh man, I should have known on this one. But basically, to make a long story short, there is this digital avatar. Um, that, that, you know, they basically have made, you know, if, if you were to look at it, it looks something like you would see out of Fortnite or Roblox or something like that. And it is, they're using AI, they're using voice actors, they're, they're doing all this, it's actual company doing behind the most. it. They're doing <laughs> the most for this. And they made this, the, the best way I could, uh, say it is like, it kind of reminded me almost of like the Island Boys almost. It's like, no, it's, it reminds it's me of Takashi69, yeah, the you know, Mexican right, rapper with the, 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 and so I'll let you finish. So I'm, I got my thoughts on this, but I'll let you go ahead and set it up. <laughs> Well, well, okay, but it you know, it reminds you of you know of, of a black you know rapper. Um, there he are didn't many. look black to me though. He didn't even. That's the thing. He didn't even look a black. A melanated to me. rapper. Let's say that. 
a tanned white boy. That's what it looks like. This is we're talking about F N Mecca M E K A. Um, and, <laughs> they, tr- and they tried to make him. Ra- it looks racially ambiguous. He on looks purpose. racially yes. Yeah. He looks ethnically and I got on ethnically that. ambiguous is the term they use in the modeling industry. Mm-hmm. Um. And and it does seem like that was on purpose. Ethnically ambiguous, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so right. you can't be mad about what is about to be coming out of this avatar's mouth, basically, because you can be like, well, he is black, or he is Mexican, or he is whatever. He looks. He looks like a. He looks like he can identify with everybody. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. But anyway, um, <laughs> turns out that they, they give this. This I want to say I keep wanting to say this dude, but it's not a dude. It it's is not a dude. it's an avatar, <laughs> a record contract. Look, it sounds like and he days already passed later, the test with you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> days later, I mean, literally days later. Oh, it's it, it might be racist. It, you know, it, it's just like you think. What, this is what, what happens when you don't have no happen? black folks? What did you in, think in was going to happen? This is so I, I I know Steph, you stuck this one in here. Once once you give us all the nitty gritty on this, I saw this last week, and I was just like, I deliberately saved it on, and I saw it on Instagram, and I saved it because I was like, this is going in the rundown for uh the the tech jaw next week. Um, so yeah, this 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 avatar FN Mecca is a rapper, and I'm using air quotes there. Um, but who's been accused of did well his creators have been accused of digital blackface and just to mm-hmm. define that digital blackface is an online phenomenon where white or other non-black people make claims to black identities and blackness through profile pictures and the reaction gifts they share often the images projected perpetuate black stereotypes mm-hmm. thereby solidifying the views of those who hold anti-black perspectives hearkening back to the minstrel shows and Jim Crow era racism. Unlike other more overt forms of blackface, however, digital blackface relies on the general anonymity of the internet. Um, and so in the virtual world, I like, and I like this uh, particular, I highlighted this paragraph too. In the virtual world, being black is a choice, one and one that could be fetishized and made without understanding the culture, the baggage of historical oppression, and the very real threats of violence that black Americans still face every day. And to their point about that, um, there was actually a point where they had this FN Mecca character in jail being beaten by police mm-hmm. officers complaining like, oh, jail is terrible. I can't wait to get back to making music again. You know what I mean? Like, like, what the fuck? Like, what is why, this? Why, why did y'all have to go there? And so here, here when I read so through the re- all this, go ahead. Wait, I'll let you finish. When, when I read <laughs> yeah, through all this, thought. I was like, there, <laughs> so, there's yes. just, there's just some non-black folks that are going to try to find a loophole to say the N-word. No, no, no matter what. And that's it. I need a loop. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a loophole, and I think this was this was it because you know it, it's out. It, you know it's got some choice words in, in some of its songs, um, but uh, like I, I'm looking at just like some of the rebuttal from like the the founder and you know the, the people who are running this country. Well, I'm I'm the only white dude in the company, or I'm the, I'm the only non you know person of color uh, in the company, and it's like. <sighs> You ain't black though. You don't, you don't, the black person who actually we know that was affiliated with it said that you used them 
and then you ghosted him and he ain't seeing nothing on the backside of it. That's, that's the one black person that we know of. Where, where are the other black folks? Um, this, this one is just crazy to me. Just, it's like, just wrong on so many levels. So many levels. Terrence. But it worked. What? You know but it why? Yeah. Because we're talking about it. The mm-hmm. internet was set ablaze with this You're fake, right. fake rapper using all these racial slurs and projecting all these stereotypes that they stereotypes. knew, knew was going to mm-hmm. get us mm-hmm. hot and bothered. They knew it. And they were like, this, this is, is what we're going to do. Genius. It's going to make us flash. Yep. But now, of course, it got too hot and the people severed the ties and they quit the project and all these other things. But it did what it was supposed to do. Number one, that's my first problem. Second problem is where did they get the hair and the mannerisms and the speech and the ideas behind this character? I sort of, on a very little bit, uh, people who love the culture, specifically the actual people, the the rappers, a lot of these hip hop artists, there have been times to where we who hold the culture tight have co-signed people to kind of come in and emulate our culture, specifically hip hop culture, Mm -hmm. but not really, I don't want to call it culture vultures, but that's what it is. Right. So it's almost like these capital records and whoever's behind this and say, we're going to look at the Takashi six nines. We're going to look at all these other people who typically would not come from the culture. We're going to use all those examples. And there's a litany of them. You can go down the list. Iggy Azalea, you know, some of these other, even some of these newer cats, you know, the Jack Harlow's, some of these people, it's like, all right, these are the Titans. These are the leaders of hip hop culture. And there's a lot of us that are co-signing these people because they run. Well, we give it out too many passes to the cookout. Exactly. Mm. And this is what happens. Way too many passes when you to do the cookout. That. Yeah. When you, when you do that, you get effing Mecca and here he come. And now y'all all up in arms. It's like, well, no, we need to do a better job of holding our culture. More, not necessarily more responsible. We need to do a better job being stewards. That's the word I'm looking right. for. We right. need to be better stewards of the hip hop culture. Now I know we don't run the record can't labels. Can't be gatekeepers necessarily. Right. However, I'm not saying that. I I'm, see I'm what you're saying. saying. You, yeah, no. You, we need to be better stewards. Now I know again we don't run the record labels and we don't have the money to bankroll some of this stuff. But the ties are starting to turn to where we're becoming more independent. We're starting to have more choices and we need to do a better job of deciding who we're going to co-sign. And like you said, Stephanie, give um, tickets to the cookout because we be giving these things out like they just free uh, VIP pass. These, these <laughs> jokers um, for real, for real. And, and then, then they go and do some stuff that basically was expected all along. And now we shocked and surprised in the poll. Right. Right. Yep. This is what you get. You get F and Mecca. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm reading through the stories and like, and th- this is not like a new thing. You know, FM Mecca has been around since I believe 2019. So this is even pre pandemic that they've been working on this and 10 million followers, mm-hmm. a Capitol records record deal. And I'm thinking there are folks who are like, what do I have to do? It's like, I'm a real person. Uh, you know, with with you know making real music and I you know I, I'm struggling I can't get on to get there <laughs> and 
these knuckleheads is taking the worst stereotypes and creating this, and folks love it. Well, that's and the whole running with side it. of it, right? It's 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 the the appropriation, but mm-hmm. it's also the artist part of it, where legitimate artists ain't getting a shot and can't get put on because you you just creating what you want out of thin air. Um, and the people that did it, they said they were like, we don't want to spend no money being a a and r and developing artists and with the little doing tour. Yeah, right. you know, uh, ciphers in the hood somewhere trying to find that person, and you got to mold them and and groom them to be and hope that they translate into the star that you think they are we can just create it and and that just erodes the art and that's not hip-hop that's any art form that mm-hmm. just completely erodes and degrades the art when you feel like you can now control it by just creating exactly what you want through ai it's crazy yep and again the mold that they used was a mold that we co-signed mm-hmm so, so yeah, are- I would have just got, can I, can I just read this too? So a l- little more context. F and Mecca was created by Brandon Lee and Anthony Martini of virtual record label Factory New. So there is an actual virtual record. It's probably the only one, but they have a virtual record label. Since the character emerged in April 2019, he was marketed as a hype beast cyborg with an extravagant style and internet presence. He looks like a caricature of an internet rapper, a mashup of Takashi 69 and uh-huh. Lil Pump. Tan mm-hmm. skin, a yep. green braided mohawk, gaudy jewelry, and a tattooed covered face. Despite lacking originality, F and Mecca garnered a hefty following of his own. To date, the rapper has more than 10 million followers on TikTok and over 200,000 on Instagram, more than 600,000 listeners on Spotify. So, yeah. And I was trying to find, listen to a couple of songs. They're, they're complete trash. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, ugh. It says, generally, though, although Effin Mecca is artificially created, his mere image and persona speaks to a prevalent issue in rap right now. Mm-hmm. Effin Mecca is a mindless creation designed by two non-black executives that leans into stereotypes that hurt the real black artists and the black community as a whole. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Um, it's, 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 it's got to be careful. What works? We have to it's be careful. What works. So I, I will say this, uh, you know, just to, you know, you know, talk about, uh, you know, cultural appropriation in blackface. Um, I think that sometimes we, we call things out that aren't, you know, those things, uh, you know, way too, you know, you know, way too early. This clearly is not the case, but I'll, I'll give you some examples. There is a viral video. It's actually from a few years ago, but it seems like it's making the rounds again. And it is a white kid at a basketball game. He looks like he's probably seventh or eighth grade. And he's basically doing all the popular dances and he's killing it. He is hyping up the entire crowd. And y- y'all know, I'm, you know, from time to time, so I'll go look at, uh, you know, uh, comments in Twitter and, you know, play Facebook and stuff like that. And I'm looking and it's like, you know, he's appropriating our culture. He's doing this. And it's like, to me, no, that's just, a, that's just like a, you know, seventh, eighth grade kid that has grown up listening to this music. And these are the dances that him and all his friends do. And he happens to just be really good at it. You know, I wouldn't, I have no angst against that. You know, I I think that the Mm -hmm. people who are making the music, they want everybody to enjoy their music and not really necessarily thinking about, you know, what you look like or where you came from is like, are you, are you into the thing that I'm doing? I think that's what that kid was doing. I think, however, when you do things like, like I've said this uh, earlier this year, that uh, I believe that the costume 
of the year, the the most purchased costume is going to be for Halloween is going to be Reva, third sister from um, uh, oh, Obi Wan right. Kenobi. Right. That that costume is going to sell for young girls and and women alike like crazy. I don't have any. I don't have a problem with anybody, white, black, brown, or whatever. Uh, you know, wearing that costume. Where it gets tricky is that if you are not black and you are making yourself look black, that is problematic. You cannot be doing those kind of things. Um, well, what about the hairstyle um, for her in particular? Um, I was, I was, I want to ask you your opinion on that. I have, I have a take, but I want, I want to get yours on that. If it's for a costume, personally, I wouldn't see an issue because a part of her that makes Riva unique is her hairstyle. Her hairstyles were, yeah, they were, they were very particular to the character and they were very specific to the character. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't see a problem with it as long as, again, you know, the idea is this is a costume. You know, I wouldn't necessarily see a problem. And again, go ahead. What you could, what you couldn't do, you would have to make your Caucasian hair work. What you wouldn't be able to do is put on an Afro wig and, and, and put some, (laughs) you know, tracks or like, you wouldn't be able to manufacture. You can't manufacture her hair. You know, you can't wear a braid wig. You can't wear, you know, like I said, put an Afro on and get somebody to braid the Afro down so you can have some 4C hair looking like it's coming out of your head. Right. You would need to make your hair work. Right. And right. Put whatever hairspray and mousse and gel and whatever else you had to do to hold them braids in. And it can um, be done because y'all do it when y'all go to the islands all the time. Literally, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to hear what exactly. you had to say, Stephanie, because I was going to say so. If, if Bo Derek can do it, y'all right. can do it. Make, if make you it get you some of the Bo Derek braids, some, yes. some of the, when, you get, when you get off on uh, you know Paradise Island and you got the hair braiders there braiding all the little girls and stuff like that, that's that it. I have no issue with whatsoever. I was going to say work with I got a problem hair. if you if like you said what did you call it 4C <laughs> but, <laughs> we, but that's a real hairstyle yeah, that, yeah, it's, yeah that's the texture the different right. I, I, I know I, I just couldn't remember what it was called so <laughs> but, but yeah, so, that, yeah that's don't, where don't I would see the issue with no afro wigs but then, then that what was the other speak- one Go ahead. I was going to say, so the, the other character, I think it'll be a, a you know, a good cop, you know, costume will be the one that the Rosario, Rosario Dawson played. Oh, uh, uh Oshaka. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Oshaka something. something. Yeah. I can't think of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like same Boy, thing. She had, she had something else. I have no problem alien. with, she didn't have hair. Now. She literally had some kind of prosthetics yeah. in her to make her look like the alien. No issue with that. But if you are not black, if you are not Hispanic, you cannot do things to make your skin look like look her like skin. Hers, yeah. That's that's where I have and the they, problem. And they and they know that. And they, they do, do it anyway they do. because it's they, it's going to be they to, think they that, can get away with it and they want to say that, well, yeah. What's the big deal? It's just a costume. They're fictional characters. And for that small amount of time, they are popular. And I think right. Social media and the internet and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, everybody is pushing for that five that 10, moment of virality. minutes of fame. That moment whatever, of virality. Whatever it takes, which is going back to this original story. If we can manufacture this uh, ethnically Enough ambiguous uh, character that 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 capitalizes and takes advantage of all these little things that we know the internet gets riled up about. Let's package all that up 
And for this 15 minutes of fame, we are going to be what everybody's talking about. If we can do that, I we'll would figure be out curious the rest later. No. You know, because I mean, it was grand opening, grand closing. The boy, well, the, the the avatar only had a contract for two days. But I would even be curious to know. You know, I mean, I'm assuming they get paid for like the spins on on Spotify and and SoundCloud and and all those other things. I'm like, he has six hundred thousand subscribers in, on Spotify. So what what did that translate to in terms of revenue? to make it worth it for that virtual record company. Cause I know they got something out of it, even in just the two days oh, oh, that it was trending. They are still getting something out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I guarantee you that that I watched the number video didn't on go YouTube. down. It didn't go down. It hasn't. I checked it today. That, that, it has it, not. The number ain't going down. So um, they still making any money. They just not necessarily getting it from capital. And it's like, you know, I can't just let capital records off the hook. You know, you, you need to right. research this stuff or have some black folks, in and the meaning, so, you can say, what is this hot mess that you have me looking at right now? Their statement was so weak. I need to find it because I was very disappointed in what they said. I'm like, don't front like y'all didn't notice shit was garbage. <laughs> um, <laughs> hold on. Where's 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 the statement that they they tried to sound real like, you know, this will not be. OK, yeah. So Capital Re- on August 22nd, Capital Records announced its newest signee, F and Mecca, the world's first augmented reality rapper. Two days later, the label severed ties with the rapper, citing relentless online criticism. Quote, for our company to approve this shows a serious lack of diversity and resounding amount of tone deaf leadership. This is simply unacceptable and will not be tolerated. End quote. Capital Records wrote in a statement. I like that's not good enough. That's not good enough. It's just um, not good enough. Again, because y'all knew better. And they knew better. And if it would have went farther, they would have took it as far as it could go. As far as they could go. And -hmm. then they also knew uh, two weeks later, we'll be talking about something else. So even Mm -hmm. if it backlash, 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 that's only going to be 10, 15 minutes. And then we on to the next. And shit, you could look at this the same way as the, the, uh, um, the California thing, the Velociraptors testing the fence like this. Mm-hmm. They just yep. poking to see how oh, far yeah. they can take it. Yeah. Oh, there's to no see how question. Far they can take it's it. like, oh, let's just say that money for the next one that comes up that may not be racially offensive to people. Uh, mm-hmm. We we know that's coming. But like I said, it's like you have real people who are, you know, so so here's the thing. It's like it's not AI that's generating the music. These are real people, people. who are generating the music. Uh-huh. And it's like. Is this like a virtual version of Millie Vanilli? I mean, you know, what, what is <laughs> what is going on here? Because it's like the dudes that was singing for Millie Vanilli could actually sing. Well, why right. not just put them dudes on? They didn't look aesthetically <laughs> pleasing. Oh, and what these 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 uh, the head of the of this virtual record label do want to eventually huh. use computers to generate sure. the mute to actually generate the music and and have other computers like they're like they basically are are scraping the the web now for the data to train their AI based off of other rappers that sound like this so that they won't even need that human person <laughs> to to be the voice of it they'll just generate it via AI they're they're already working on that 
It'd be humans a, uh, are temperamental. They change their minds. They're late on dates. They actually they don't like want to go. Paid. They don't want to show up at the studio. This reminds um, me. This reminds me of Jarvis turning into Vision in Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, th- th- this crazy. is definitely not the end of it because you know, really, these these big studios they're, they're having a problem. Um, you know, it's, it's not just Master P. Uh, but he is one of them. He is showing folks the way you don't have to deal with them. You can be your own, <laughs> make your own label out, you know, you know, put your stuff directly out there uh, on Spotify and people are being successful doing those kind of things. And this, the, the, the studios are like, well, we're not going to just idly sit by and not make this money. So let's see what we can do. Can we use AI? Can we use, uh, you know, um, you know, all these algorithms out there to figure out what do people like? What do people listen to? Yep. What are they going to respond to? And let's just make it up. And that way we and can keep all the money. We, don't have to, we ain't got to pay nobody off of this stuff, you know, except for and the developers I, I just that work do. hourly for us. I wanted to put this last thing out there. Um, on August 12th, Mecca dropped his most notable track yet, Florida Water, a collaboration Trash. with YSL's Gunna. In a statement to Capitol Records, nonprofit organization Industry Blackout highlighted how FN Mecca is able to escape the legal ramifications and fate that many black artists have to endure as a result of their music. Gunna, who is on this record, a black artist who is featured on the song with FN Mecca, is currently incarcerated for rapping the same type of lyrics this robot mimics the statement uh-huh. reads the difference is your artificial rapper will not be subjected to federal charges for such mm-hmm. yep they gonna cut us out the middle that's it that goes back to us trying to co-sign us partnering up us not holding the culture near and dear to our hearts before you that's know it, it. they're gonna come in and swoop it out from right from under us and then y'all gonna be sitting there on the sidelines mad on wondering Twitter. what happened right <laughs> Just wondering how how did rap music become all ai generated it used to be real rappers i was at an old school hip-hop concert last night and it was everybody i knew and loved slick rick Okay, we'll save it for the after party. <laughs> but I'm just like, this is what we got to keep, you know. But them brothers is 60. I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. They are. So it was, man, I'm like, but but yeah, we got we have to be better uh, arbiters and stewards of our, of our cultural. Most, most and definitely. not just jumping on every train that's popping at the moment because that's what's yep. happening Anything and that's all that's popping happening. at the Same moment all this shit. Yep. you know what yep. i mean it's just like everybody jumping on a bandwagon but but black folks, black and brown folks gonna get left behind mm-hmm. so y'all it is uh it's almost after party time so uh miss tech life steph Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us about Jessica O. Matthews? That's our spotlight for this I'd week. I'd be glad to. Tech John Spotlight. Jessica O. Matthews is the founder and CEO of Uncharted Power, an award-winning renewable power company that specializes in harnessing the energy from motion to create entire ecosystems of power for communities around the world. The company was founded by Jessica when she was only 22 years old. Jessica was invited to the White House by President Barack Obama to represent small companies for the signing of the America America Invents Act in 2020. 
2012. In 2016, her Series A offering broke the record for funding by a Black female founder, and she was selected to ring the NASDAQ opening ceremony bell, representing all Forbes 30 Under 30 alumna. Jessica's research and career centers around the intersection of disruptive technology, renewable energy, human behavior, and the psychology of self-actualization. A dual citizen of Nigeria and the United States, Jessica has a degree in psychology and economics from Harvard University, an MBA from Harvard Business School, and is listed on over 10 patents and patents pending, including her first invention of the socket, an energy-generating soccer ball at the age of 19. Her list of accolades include Fortune's Most Promising Women Entrepreneurs, Forbes 30 Under 30 list, Inc. Magazine 30 Under 30, and Harvard University Scientist of the Year. Shout out to Jessica O. Matthews. Just <laughs> overachieving. So well, way overachieving, but but doing the damn thing, you know, and just making making it happen. Super so impressive. I, I, I have met two people on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Um, they're both well over 30 at this point, but they're also are both billionaires mm-hmm. at this point. So, so that means something, huh? It, it, Listen. it, it means something. There's like, they, they're not, the folks that are getting on these lists are not slackers. Let's just say it like that. I mean, she seemed like she on the way. Definitely. 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 So y'all, um, you know, we didn't have for a few weeks, we didn't have any new patrons. But that uh, that trend has stopped. So we have a new patron. His name is Kenny Samuel. This is actually, uh, you know, one of the minions from one of my other shows. The SMR podcast. Uh, he's been following over there for years. And I just happened looks like, you know, you know, saw his government name and had to look and say, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the same Kenny. I know, uh, you know, when I saw his picture. So we have to absolutely, uh, you know, give a shout out to, uh, Kenny Samuels. And also I want to give out to some, you know, a shout out to another OG, even though they have been shout out before. Um, I was just having a good conversation with Andrew Marshall, who is a longtime listener of the show. And we just appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, we can have conversation and this guy goes back to literally September of last year. So he's been supporting us since the very beginning when we first launched our Patreon. So I just want to give a shout out there as well. Appreciate you. So with that, Tech Life Steph, why don't you tell the folks how they can get at you? You can follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph and stay tuned. StephanieHumphrey.com is coming any day now. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on the Internet at Brother Tech. It's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we also are the tech job, the tech J-A-W-N on all the things. And once again, if you want to help support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John and any of our tiers over there uh, help us bring this content to you every week. So with that, until we meet in a week's time. Actually, two weeks. Oh, yeah. Two weeks. I'm glad you said that. We are off for Labor Day. Next Monday, what is that? The 5th. We will not be doing a live show on the 5th. There'll be something in the feed, but it won't be a live show on the 5th. So I want to go ahead and throw that out. 
Good oh, and by the way, since we're not going to be here next week, I was going to save it the next week. Um, my other podcast, Snob OS Cast, will be on DTNS next week to talk about the iPhone announcement. So if yes. you are looking interested to get that new iPhone and when Apple announced it, you want to get our feedback, what you think, what do we think about it? What, what's going to sell? What's not? Definitely catch us on DTNS. I want to say the Wednesday that it announces. I think that is September the 7th. Yep. Wednesday mm-hmm. at What's four up? o'clock. And then we'll be on DTNS for the uh, public probably shortly thereafter because I know they publish their <laughs> podcast pretty quick after the air. <laughs> Shoot, it comes out almost before it's even done. It's like right. <laughs> <laughs> they get done doing that stuff with the quickness over there. So yeah, go check that out. Um, especially since we're not going to be live, you want you know look at something live? Go check out Terrence and uh, and Anika on uh, on DTNS next week. Nice. So until we meet again in two weeks time. <laughs> Peace out. Peace. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.